shouldn't keep flying around like that. Soon you won't be able to turn back into a human. And then how are you going to listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind podcast? Reflux capacitor, fluxing, Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. And welcome to Anime 2021. I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, mine, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Hey, thanks for inviting not Billy Crystal on. No, no, that would be me. No problem. Because <laughs> I'm not Billy Crystal. No problem, not Billy Crystal, which I will now refer to you as not Billy Crystal the whole night. I, I don't know what's longer, not Billy Crystal or the Master Interrupter. I, that's the same length, might as well. <laughs> also for this discussion of the film, Howl's Moving Castle, we welcome back aboard Sailor Moon, also known as host of the redeemed Utaku. Otaku? I always get it wrong. Is it Utaku? <laughs> Otaku. Otaku. A yeah. podcast, Becky Beck Smith. Welcome, Bex. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I was very, very excited that you asked me. So, yay! So Thank glad you. to hear that. And <laughs> we had uh, Bex on last year for Princess Mononoke. If you want to hear her thoughts on that, uh, another Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. In addition to Bex, we are also uh, glad to have aboard Sailor Pluto, also known as Ship's Yeoman Ashley Cronenbitter. And hey, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, thanks for having me back. Of course, Ashley. And Ashley, this is actually your sixth time serving on the pod. Do you know what that means? I know it means something, but I don't know what. <laughs> okay, it does mean something. Uh, what it means is you are now promoted to Chief Yeoman. Congratulations on your promotion. Uh, your, Thank your you. pay is like doubled. It's really great now. Uh, and the responsibilities yeah. are tripled, though, so you got to keep that in mind. Bring it uh, on. <laughs> uh, now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of production specs for Howl's Moving Castle? Sure. Beauty and the Beast was released November 22nd, 1991. Paul, Paul. Yeah. Howl's Moving Castle? Yeah, that's what I said. You know, about the, the cute girl moving into the Beast's Enchanted mm. Castle. No, see, that's a different. See, that's that's literally this movie. That's good, what I yes, watched. Except, <laughs> except this was reverse. Well, Kengan this All now, right. but this is reverse Beauty and the Beast because she actually loses her beauty, and he oh, has she's beauty. The Beast. They're both, okay, and he's the beautiful oh my one. Gosh, that's how it works. Okay, anime. Right. Nothing but so, curses in this one. <laughs> Okay, so Haru no Ugoku Shiro, also known as Howl's Moving Castle, was released November 20th in 2004 in Japan. It runs an hour and 59 minutes and is rated PG. It was directed by Heyo Miyazaki, or however you pronounce his first name. <laughs> Hayo. Um, it was also written by Miyazaki and with help with Diana Wine Jones. I guess she did the translation. She actually awfully... wrote she wrote the book. Oh, she wrote the book. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that clarifying this my mistake. You want to hear <laughs> some more mistakes? Sure. Well, listen more... to me butcher these names. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
The lead stars being Chaiko Baisho, Takuya Kimura, Tatsua Gashuin, and the English dub stars being Gene Simmons. Is that the um, No, the no, guy? that's G-E-N-E is Gene Simmons, the kiss guy. This oh. is Gene, uh, a woman, Gene Simmons. Okay. Christian Bale and Billy Crystal was also in this. Yes. The music was composed by Joe Hisashi. <laughs> there you go. And are you ready for the box office trivia game? Uh, I'm ready. Ashley and Bex, are you ready? I am ready. Chat, are you ready? I assume so. Go for it, Paul. Okay. So Howl's Moving Castle was made for about $24 million and went on to earn over $237 million Ooh, worldwide at the boxes box office after a few multiple releases as well so <laughs> okay well more. fair <laughs> uh given this and the fact that it was released in 2005 how high in the box office do you think it ranks it ranked among the other movies released theatrically in 2005 so it was released in the u.s in the japan in 2004 though so is this right US but i'm release? counting well, that's because it was at the end of December. Oh, and, that's you know, fair. They haven't collected all the box office all right. money. Fair. Okay, so it okay. counts <clears throat> towards 2005. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll give it to the top 50. Top so 50. So Baba Kunhab is 42. Oh, my there gosh. Go. <laughs> uh, Bex, let's start with you. Where do you feel like, where do you think uh, House Moon and Castle uh, was on in terms of the top 50? Um, I'm going to put it right smack in the middle, 25. 25? How about you, mm-hmm. Ashley? 34. 34. Uh, let's see. Bob, let's see. In chat, we have Bobo said 42, of course. Cellcast is 30. For me, I'm trying to think what else came out in 2005. Um, it wasn't number one because that was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh. Wow. Mm. Different time. I am going to actually, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go for uh, 20 for me. 20. Uh, and then 28 from Oracle. Uh, and Paul, what is the, what did it end up being? Wound up being 15. So you all lose. I was closest. (laughs) I was closest. Darn, darn, darn. I was only like, I was almost halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Shot too high. Fair enough. Uh, but I mean, we all know I'm the winner. So we'll just go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind mold or subsequent roundtable discussion which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. This is a magic house. And the one wizard powerful enough to set her free. This charm will guarantee your safe return. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli production of a Hayao Miyazaki film. Hold on. This June, journey to amazing new worlds. Find me in the future! Aboard Howl's Moving Castle. The end. Joining our show, folks. That's all, folks. That commercial definitely brings back some memories about Howl's Moving Castle, though there weren't multiple worlds. There's just the the one world, so I don't know what they were talking about there. 
But regardless, uh, maybe maybe the 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 trailer voice man guy person <laughs> decepted. But here is what we remembered about uh, Howl's Moving Castle in our memory mind melt synopsis. Young woman goes to a castle with portals to other places and meets Hal, who turns her into an old woman. Hal is the most eligible bachelor and knows it. Hal even throws a tantrum like a melodramatic teenager when his hair goes into an emo phase following a mix-up when his bathroom was cleaned. Yikes. Uh, there are two old ladies, but only one gets the guy. Old woman becomes young again and lives with Hal in castle. That moves, but it's not really a castle. I mean, some of that was definitely accurate, but uh, there were other elements that were decepted. Uh, but based on those memories, it's, it's terribly flawed, so flawed as they were. What rating did they lead you to predict uh, for this film before rewatching it? Uh, classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Bex. What was your prediction before you rewatched it? A classic. Classic. Yes. Uh, Ashley, how about yourself? Classic. Classic. Paul? Um, <laughs> this, apparently, um, I had watched this about 10 years ago, and, it, and I was reminded that I had watched it twice. But when I did, I found it so slow and boring that I couldn't even remember a thing to add to the plot. So I predicted tragic. Tragic. Wow. You wait. You couldn't remember a thing to add to the plot. I couldn't remember anything about the plot or anything oh, for the I, synopsis. For we're this, talking about. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Or I'm like, even before you're not this writing film. the story, Paul. You're not gonna write. You're gonna add something Sorry. to the plot. Okay. No, no, no. Now no, no. no, I got the okay. plot thicket. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, and for me, I uh, was guessing. I remember. Enjoying it when I first watched it, but I have I've only seen it once, and I hadn't ever had like a desire so much to watch it again. Uh, so I I predicted nostalgic. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if those predictions came true. But first, let's get into our discussion of the things we liked most about Howl's Moving Castle. Let's spin up our best three. The top three things we all liked. Let's start with uh, Bex. What's one thing you liked about Howl's Moving Castle? Well, I would have to say that I absolutely adored the music. The music, I okay. love the the waltz style. Like you know, mm -hmm. just feel like you just want to dance. Yeah, totally. You know, I loved it, and I loved how it was incorporated into the different um, mood of, of yeah. the different scenery. Totally. So Yeah, I definitely the music was one of my favorites. You know what? A lot of studio uh, Ghibli films, the music is certainly supports the film. But it wasn't something that I was, like, really drawn into. For some reason, though, with this one, it didn't make my like list. It wasn't that amazing to me. But it was something that, like, after I was just, like, enjoying listening to the credits. And as it just went, it was just, I don't know. It was just very romantic and nice. Was, I, I really I really liked it. Uh, Ashley, did the music make your like list? Or was there something else that was higher than that? Well, the music was in my, in my top five. But I wouldn't say it was one of my okay. top likes. Sure, um, sure. But going back to the music, did you know that the Japanese voice actress for Sophie actually sang that ending aria? It's just really? so beautiful, and oh, she did a great wow. job, and the music was great. But honestly, I also, also kudos to the Japanese voice actress for doing the old uh, Sophie and the young mm -hmm. Sophie. And apparently, yes, we yes. can pull it off. Our us Westerners, no, geez, no, we need no, two no. people. 
But she's renowned, this this voice actress. actress. Oh, I didn't know that. She's a okay. singer. She's just multi-talented. But no, mm-hmm. um, the music was definitely up there. But honestly, the art style, just because it was mm. so beautiful and colorful and mm. soft. I loved the mm. character design and that scene where they actually go into the flower field and just how vibrant and, and beautiful yeah. it is. And the scene mm-hmm. at Star Lake, it's just so pretty mm. and it's just beautiful i just get drawn into it because it's just so bright and colorful it's like the something that you would see like kind of like in a child's nursery because it's all bright and colorful and happy yes. and i'm and it's just like a yeah. painting coming to life yeah then that's that's right in line with one of my likes the colors were so vibrant that for me it, it i was able to buy into the 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 magic of this of this world it's like well things are just so 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 spectacularly beautiful that of course it has magic and stuff it just made sense yeah. so that's that was one of my likes paul was there anything magical about this movie for you well um there's a ton of magic in this but, <laughs> i um, hate it for that off, reason though. go going <laughs> off of what you guys just said yeah. um it was beautiful uh and of course the animation is spectacular it's mm. always good by studio ghibli but what i really appreciated about this film was uh the backgrounds the Mm -hmm. yeah you could at at so many points you could pause and freeze frame it and that uh the painting of the background Mm -hmm. if that was painted in like the 1600s that would be in galleries everywhere yeah it's just well well put yes (laughs) absolutely so the background elements or the background uh painting yeah. for sure uh let's go back to bex what's something else you enjoyed about this about how it's moving castle i i loved any of the scenes where howl is morphing into mm. the beast yeah. <laughs> just just the different ways he morphed and the detail that went into the feathers and the pinions and and everything that went right? went into that was yeah. just so cool yeah though i just loved it let me ask you this what did you think about him Uh, having one foot that's kind of weird to me (laughs) well it's magic i didn't notice (laughs) it was a magic foot all right (laughs) but i I, it was weird it was weird i mean but you know it's it's anime yeah you kind of go with it it's anime oh yeah you're right it's all part of the magic (laughs) that's right You only think about him having only one face. You only, oh my gosh, you only see the foot at like the toward the end, the very end. So unless you're looking for it, you don't notice it. Um, And by that time, he had been fully immersed in his beast form. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he kind of had lost all, almost all human humanness about him except his face. Yeah. Exactly. Which was kind of deadpan, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. That's the point where she, she kisses him, and it's and he's mm-hmm. like doesn't seem to phase him at all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. But let's go back to Paul. What's something that phased you for your likes? <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> um, I can all be winners, Paul. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I love it when Studio Ghibli does a great job of establishing uh, the world. And yes. basically, okay, here's the characters, and you're in it, and they all look normal. And then there are, I love it, not all movies are like this for Studio Ghibli, but when mm. there's magic involved or or afterlife or whatever, 
they slowly introduce um, exaggerated characters that are just a little bit off. And I love Hmm. all the the exaggerated characters their designs um like like uh, the witch you, of the waste is that one that you would yeah in there yeah yes. or or her minions her clay f- you know what how you know they start coming out of nowhere oh, and yeah, you're yeah. like oh wait something's off here mm-hmm. this isn't the normal world anymore yes. i love calcifier i mean just calcifer his, yeah, yeah. calcifer <laughs> whatever I, yeah, I his yeah yeah his 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 i like the character and i like his design it's just it's something simple and 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 fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, which I, I forgot to ask everyone. How did you end up watching this? Did you watch the English dub? Did you watch the Japanese with subtitles? Great did question. you just watch the Japanese and mm-hmm. like I know Japanese, so I don't need subtitles. Uh, <laughs> uh, for me, I watched the Japanese version with uh, English subtitles. Uh, Bex, how did you watch it this time? I watched English subbed. English subbed. Uh, oh, okay. so I was watching it with my husband, so mm-hmm. we like to watch it English sub to be able to pay attention to the animation. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Ashley, how about you? I watched both. I watched it in Ooh. Japanese for the very mm-hmm. first time, yeah. just oh, because wow. I wanted to have a comparison to see how it started and sure. how well it was adapted in the West. So I watched the yeah. Japanese on Tuesday, and then I watched the Disney English adaptation last night nice. nice nice and how about you paul i i did the same oh really um, i watched the 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 yeah i i, I had to, i didn't finish watching the english one i got about two-thirds of the way through mm-hmm. um but i first watched it subbed mm-hmm. um and then dubbed um uh it's interesting um the different translations it's slightly different in some ways mm-hmm. some ways in some areas the the japanese really know how to convey emotions and really i mean it's altered slightly and it sure yeah and i think they do better job explaining in some of the dialogue what's going on but also the english i thought there were moments where the english was better like when she was going to the castle and how they emphasized the word oh you're his mother you know, it's, it's it's kind of where I didn't get that in the in the Japanese. Oh yeah, there I, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, and there were there were different um, things I was able to get watching the English version. Like there was some subtext. I don't know mm. how they did it, mm-hmm. but I understood the subtext better mm. better in the English than in the Japanese. So okay, nice. Did I? Yeah. Did I say English subbed or dubbed? You said English meant, subbed. I assumed what you meant, meant was you watched English dubbed. with the subtitles also, so you didn't <laughs> no, mention. Okay. Sorry. I I meant English dubbed. Okay. So I watched oh. the Disney English dub. I'm sorry. Did you know <laughs> because watch I, it with subtitles? Yeah, yeah that's that, that's how I do it because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watch with subtitles you both need ways. So you don't English want to make sure exactly, you heard yeah, what you actually you thought things. you heard. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, thank you for the, uh, allowing me to take that that tangent. That just brings me back, though. Paul is just sharing how he liked uh, Calcifer, and I was wondering if maybe the translate based on the version you watched, you enjoyed one or the other. But um, continue, Paul. If you had more to say. Oh, about I the and I I didn't. The reason why I watched the the English dubbed is because you, you hinted about Billy Crystal, and I didn't even know Billy Crystal was in this. Till. Oh, okay. I got to the end credits and it it showed oh. the voices and so oh. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have to check this out, this dub version as well, just to hear the differences. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, all that sort of dovetails into my uh, other like, which was I really enjoyed all the supporting characters in this. Uh, Turnipad, I really liked. 
I loved how yes. he was just jumping along trying to help and you never know when he was going to turn up. Wait a second. Never knew when he was going to turn up. Turn up. Turn huh. up. Interesting. Okay. I that was intentional. Uh, huh. um, I like his story rather yes. than just, oh, he's just like a, you know, a spell or a demon or whatever. Yes, I do too. I have a, a dislike that I'll share later about it, but on the mm. whole, really like, ooh, that's interesting. I really like uh, mm -hmm. a turnip head. I like Markle, Calcifer, Calcifier, however you want to pronounce it. I, I really, and even the Witch of the Waste, I I liked her when she became old, even though there's there are elements of it like, oh my gosh, why are you here? Is the whole like Smeagol paradigm. Like you need her, or actually, did you need her? Maybe. No, and we'll get into that later. <laughs> Regardless, I really like the supporting cast of characters. I thought they were all interesting in their own ways and all brought a lot to this sort of semi-family unit that was Howell's family. Ashley, were the supporting character something you liked as well, or was that a character that stood out for one of your likes? Well, I did really enjoy the supporting the supporting characters, mm -hmm. specifically Calcifer. Yes. And in the English adaptation, we were talking about Billy Crystal and just how he kind of was just a standout character. And oh, the cool. fact that Paul, you didn't know it was him until the very end, like... Well, did no, you, I didn't he, know until the end of the Japanese version when, when you saw the credits. Because okay. it had the, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he definitely was one of my biggest likes because oh, cool. watching it in Japanese first and then and then kind of comparing it to the only version that I ever knew and Billy Crystal was the only calcifer that I ever knew. Oh, okay. Just seeing the subtle transitions and how he made that role his own because mm -hmm. yeah. I felt like in the Japanese version, calcifer, he was unique, but... Mm -hmm. He wasn't quite as playful and fun and just the changes to the dialogue. Mm -hmm. It felt like they kind of let Billy Crystal know, well, here's here's the framework that you need to work in. And I feel like they probably let him ad lib because oh, cool. most everything that he's ever been in, he ad libs yeah. and it makes it really hard for the people around him to work with him. But it was still true to the original, like the original dialogue, but it felt like more bigger than life it felt like it it added more to the character and made him just more fantastical and it was mm. just really fun and i was watching the scene where he's talking about like burning bacon or something like that and just the way that billy crystal says it here's another curse for you may all your bacon burn and that's not a direct translation from the japanese it was yeah. way more subtle uh -huh. in the japanese and when um, Sophie is really impressed with him moving the castle and she sees it move in there in the country and she says that she likes his spark and just the way that he like lights up and says, she likes my spark. <laughs> that, that, that scene is, it plays very differently in the Japanese. So I just love the changes, the little small changes that Billy Crystal brought to the role because it made Calcifer feel more dynamic. Awesome. Mm. Very cool, guys. That, well, was, that was probably one of the best casts for any any Studio Ghibli movie that I've seen. Mm. I haven't seen them all, mm -hmm. but I think Billy Crystal, real, just like Al, she said, it was like the perfect voice cast for, for Calcifer. You're, it was you're, great. You're all making me really want to just watch this again. With well, it's, <laughs> it's my reason why like all of my top top five favorite films, at least three of them, have Billy Crystal in it. Oh, really? There's a reason why. Yeah. Top, so, wait, your top, of your top five, three of them are Billy Crystal? Okay. Princess Bride. Oh. Yes, that's one. When Harry Met Sally is another, and then this one is in there, too. Oh, oh I was going to guess another. Okay. I was going to guess, but all right. Never mind. 
I didn't want to guess. Sorry, city slickers doesn't make the list. It's it's probably in the top twenty five, but it's not in the top five or even the ten. Monsters Inc. Of course, yeah. Okay, fantastic there too. Anyway, let's get into the things we loved most about Monsters Inc. I mean, Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, There were monsters in this, so it's somewhat. And doors that open up to other places? Yeah. Hey, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a second. This is Monsters, Inc. Okay. No, but what did we love most about Howl's Moving Castle? Let's start with, I'm curious most about Paul. What is, what's the thing you love most about this film? Um, you mentioned that the the side characters, I've, I found all the, all the characters, well, not all, most of the characters interesting and very mm-hmm. creative and added this... Um, spark to the story that made it more interesting so you have this this story going on and then you have these really interesting characters with these um you know you don't know if they're magical or spiritual or what's going on but i i thought what a what a great uh i was about to say souffle to to have fun with to mix and and to to enjoy watching so that was my favorite part Okay. Or the characters in this. Well, I mean, I'll just I'll just go off that because my my favorite thing about this was Sophie, the character Sophie, but not not necessarily her character, but the way her uh, the animators animated her, especially when she was old. There's mm-hmm. so much expressiveness in her face. Mm-hmm. They did so much to convey her emotion. I was just really floored by that performance that the animators were able to achieve with her that was just uh, so that was my classic maker i was just like wow i i could you might as well be a real person right now is is that <laughs> interesting for me to watch that uh let's go with ashley next so none of those things are my classic maker but i definitely agree to those points call me a sap call me Call Hi, me, you're call a... me a sap ten times you're over. A... <laughs> but I think my favorite thing about this story is it's it's like an anime adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, yeah, like Paul alluded to earlier. And Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast is my favorite Disney animated movie, so mm-hmm. I get so much inkling of that. But there's yes. this there's so much it's so much more multifaceted in this version because yeah. everyone is challenged by something. Howl mm-hmm. doesn't have a heart. He never really learned how to love and sophie's cursed love has nothing to do with her curse that we know of mm-hmm. but everyone is struggling with something and they they learn things from each other yeah and it doesn't feel one-sided at all because he he had been running away for such a long time and he decided that he cared enough to stay and she was that person that made him find that bravery and channel that and being around him she she kind of stood up for herself in ways when he would act immature or do things that were just childish. She stood up for herself and mm-hmm. she wanted to help him out when she realized that he was struggling under a spell too. And yeah. it, and just the way it ends, they're flying off on the flying castle and it's just so <laughs> picturesque. And I love a good love story. And sure, yeah. it, it feels more believable than Beauty and the Beast because these characters have so many more dimensions to them. And mm-hmm interesting it's the sap in me that i just i can't help but love a good love story and the fact that it's uh and the fact that it's anime style makes it so much better yeah i'll I'll add to that i don't think you mentioned this i also i also thought was uh uh nice that sophie i think also um also in addition to feeling 
empowered that she could, you know, take care, do the things she had to do to help, uh, to help in the castle and help Hal, everyone else. She also, I think, it seemed at the very beginning, she, she has this, she has this moment where she puts on her hat as she's leaving the shop and she's looking, she goes to look at a mirror and she just like is upset. I, I imagine with how she looks, she, th- I don't know whether she thinks she looks very plain or what have you, which is actually very interesting. Man. At the, Man, this is a long one. You don't want Paul. <laughs> In the beginning, something about Sophie, I didn't like her character design. I'm like, I don't remember her being this, like, I don't know what it plain. was. So she really was plain. And, it, and I, I think uh, she lacked confidence, too, because I, yeah, that scene that you're absolutely. mentioning where she's putting on her hat, she looks in the mirror and she doesn't like what she sees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see, like, as they're getting to know one another and as she's moving into the castle, she gets a stronger sense of self. She develops a confidence that she didn't have before. Mm-hmm. And because they become a family, like, she, she really feels like love and that kind of empowers her. And she yeah. really comes into her own despite being... <laughs> First, yeah, yeah, and no. being a different iteration of who she was to start, and I feel that is drawn out in how how her design somehow changes. I I don't know if it's just the gray hair, but I feel like they did something because she does. I mean, I guess call me shallow, but she does look prettier at the end than yep. she did in the beginning. Yep. So I, that's 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 my classic maker. Is really, oh, okay. The visual cue, the visual cues of her noticeable character change and yes. growth yeah, yeah. was from scene to scene. She's old. She's young. Mm-hmm. There's gradual change. There's rapid change. You know, I just, I just loves that. And I, I don't know how they did it and how they made it so smooth yeah. in certain scenes where there's, you can see her drawing out her strength and confidence and like you can visually see her growing younger. And it was just, it's just so cool. Yeah, so it, that's my classic manger. It's, it's almost, I'll just, I'm sorry. I'm on a diatribe here, guys. Just go with me. <laughs> It was, it was, it was almost like the, the witch of the waste spell on her at the beginning was almost like it was showing her how she felt on the inside. It was like Mm -hmm. essentially unmasking Mm -hmm. what she felt like on the inside. But every time we see her young after the curse, like she's like, whether she's asleep or, or, or what have you, it's almost like she's not thinking about herself. She's, she's Mm -hmm. outward focused. And that's when she can sort of let go of all, all her inner, like, probably demons or inner uh self talking down herself or whatever it is that's making Except her feel old that doesn't hold water because she doesn't turn young when she's like cleaning the house and like you know thinking about all these other people all right and we'll get more into that later. okay all right yeah we will it's anime paul <laughs> oh yeah sorry anyway thought it was a documentary about beauty of the you beast. know what paul whatever <laughs> Well, that okay. Those were great classic makers, guys, and I think it's it's about time we get into, oh we get into something else. I forgot because you know what? I always seem to forget something. And that time, oh, <laughs> it'll do that to you. <laughs> Regardless of age, what I forgot was the Cellcast. Jacob and Drew review animated movies and TV shows discussing what they appreciate about the medium in whatever form it takes, whether it is a traditional hand-drawn animated movie like this one, a claymation short, or a 3D CGI series. Check out some animated, animated reviews when you subscribe to The Cellcast at thecellcast.podbean.com. And don't forget, cell is spelled with one L. 
at thecellcast.podbean.com. Yeah, they're great. And they just recently reviewed um, Chicken Run, which is stop motion animation. Yes. And this, we're recovering an animated movie that's kind of stop motion if you think about one cell at a time. Is that the link between the <laughs> no, two? No, just that they cover animated movies. Oh, and of this course. This is an animated movie. <laughs> wow, Paul. I was thinking too hard. <laughs> Apparently. You know what else you could think hard about? How about some trivia? Yes. Okay, let's go with that then. Did you all realize that in the novel uh, the movie is based on, the black. Oh, I didn't read it, so I didn't realize. Uh, the did you see the black door in this film, Paul? When the, well, the, the dial the, turns the, to black and it goes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So go with that me was then. both in the subbed and the dubbed, by the way. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> did you all realize that in the novel the movie is based on the black door is actually a portal to Hell's homeland, which what? which is in Wales, in our current time and dimension. And also, Christian Bale, who voiced Hal in the English dub, is from Wales. Yep. Whoa. Whoa. It's like they're both nice. Welch or something. Oh, Sorry, my, my mind's not blown. I already knew that, but thank you. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> well, why don't you blow my mind by answering this trivia question? If you could have a door that took you to any place and time, where and when would it be? Let's start with Ashley. I had to think long and hard about this because mm -hmm. it wouldn't actually be someplace what? fictitious. You it, thought it would long actually... and hard. You only had a second to think because I only gave this to you right now, right? What? Well, my brain works a little faster than yours. So. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Getting but old does that. In all, in all honesty, just thinking, thinking about that and reflecting on that question. Um, if I could go anywhere through a door and have a magic portal, yeah. I would actually want it to go to my childhood. Oh, okay. Nice. Much, much like Howl. Now, I don't have a, a magical cottage in this gorgeous flower field, but a place for my childhood that just has wonderful memories that I wish I could revisit is actually my grandparents' summer camp. Because oh. I have such great memories oh, of that building yeah. and my family mm. from that time. And it's along the shores of Lake Ontario. And it would be during the summertime when the weather is nice. And you have the gentle crashing of the waves on the beach. And the weather is just mild. And it's just so incredibly beautiful. And can't help but wanting to go back. And I wish it wasn't on the other side of the country. I wish Absolutely. I could just go there through yeah. a door <laughs> right very now, quickly my question is he said time and place so it would be current time or go back in the time when you no, were there she said her childhood i, I know, would go back there now it doesn't it, it it hasn't really changed in all honesty oh, okay. i was there about five years ago it still okay. channels that same kind of feeling but i think i would want to go back to the childhood just to be around people who are no longer with us yeah just yeah, because those special times with my grandparents when everyone was still around and now it's a little more somber but the memory is still there and the feeling is still there it wouldn't really matter at the time but definitely that would be the place yeah, nice. totally. Very nice. Love that. Uh, Bex, how about you? Well, mine's not very sympathetic. Uh, <laughs> uh, my back door but... right here. I'd like to go out that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, it's there. I can do it. Um, 
as sweet as that was, um, I mine would be uh, go back in time to see the dinosaurs. Oh, cool! Um, nice. They didn't have doors back ten... then, though. I... Well, <laughs> doesn't matter. Whether that was a cave, it comes out of a cave. You don't need an actual door, just like an entryway. She's fine. True. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, whether that's six to ten thousand years ago or sixty-five million years ago, I'd solve the question. Uh, Yeah, you would be able to tell us. Oh, I would. I would learn it all and be like, that group right there, they were right. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Very good. Very good. Interesting. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, right now in the mood that I'm in, I would go back into the time of Jesus when he was with his disciples, those two and a half, nice. three years right yes. there, and just mm. hang out and be one of the, the, the crowd, maybe the 72 or I know I'm not one of the 12, but you know, hang around <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was, I would, I'd be curious. Well, first I don't speak Aramaic, so let's say I understood what was being said. That would be helpful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um i would i would be curious to see it was was he as confusing to the disciples you know to the people at the time as as we think or you know i i would just be curious just to see all that take place very cool very cool guys all right fine i'll ask you francisco what would your okay fine it don't tell us good. where you would go it better be good. All right. Here we go. I would like to a portal that takes me into uh, the Nebuchadnezzar of, from the Matrix. And so I could just oh. be in there and I would want the, the, the jack, the, the, what, the implants. Is that what they're called? I forget what they're called. The, the things I that haven't seen where it, you can have learn no Kung reference. Fu. What, Paul? You can learn kung fu. I could learn kung fu. fu. I could learn anything super fast. So that's that's why I choose. Oh, you could go there, learn everything, and come back. Yeah. Exactly. You be told you're old anymore. <laughs> Let's move on, okay? Okay. Great trivia, Francisco. And I have the answer to our previous audience question, which again was, what fighting character would you voice in an ultimate fighting game crossover anime? Mm. So David from the Enthusiast podcast provided an answer, but the Wheel of Choosing selected Drew Dodge's answer instead. Sorry, David. Um, And he said, I'd want to voice M. Bison from Street Fighter, the movie, the game. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't get why they made that the the name of the game, but yes. Very good. Yeah. Drew, so if you would like us to pass on that 4D fan membership to someone else, just let me know uh, if you have someone specific or you want me to just randomize it. Yeah. But Get back to us, Drew. Yes. And now here's this episode's listener question. I wonder if you can get it or guess what it is. I'll tell you. <laughs> if you could open a door that took you to any place in, in time, that took you to any time and place, that too, apparently fiction or nonfiction, when and where would it be exactly send your answers to trivia at retrorewindpodcast.com by the time we record the next episode which usually gives you a week and a couple days also if i happen if you happen to find this on up on youtube in enough time which happened last time but doesn't is not guaranteed then you can also comment there and i will be checking those comments uh but either trivia at retrorewindpodcast.com or the comments 
Now that we have all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Howl's Moving Castle. Michael Fraley says, This is a phenomenal film. Every time I see it, I realize I'd forgotten how layered it is and how beautiful the animation is. Mm -hmm. I also had a chance to read the book after I'd seen the film. And like pretty much every book that inspires Miyazaki to make a movie, it's a lot different from the source material. Both excellent, just different from each other. Celeste Mora from Geek Devotion says, Beautiful film. Best part is Calcifer. He's a powerful fire demon! <laughs> <laughs> Good Dave, job. David Gardner says, I always seem to walk in right when the guy is so depressed he turns into slime. Jerory <laughs> <laughs> yeah. says, I've never seen it. Where can I watch it? Uh, so it. I had the Blu-ray. It's Blu on streaming services. It is now? HBO yeah. Max. Oh, yep. HBO Max. HBO. Okay. okay. I was about to say you can also um, buy it on the streaming services. Oh, like, oh, um, that's fair. That's Amazon fair. Prime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, buy it on Blu-ray like I did. There you go. Or, or not book, because we'll like get into our dislikes and tell you why not. We'll have to wait and find out, though. <laughs> um, Ricky Lambert says, is that the one that has the castle that moves? Yes. How did you figure that out, Ricky? <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, Philip Hurd says, my first Miyazaki and first anime experience knowing that it was anime. Um, I had seen Speed Racer and Star Blazers, unbeknownst as a kid. Looks terrific and is a good time. Definitely rewatchable. The narrative is a bit muddled, but Mi Miyazaki says, or sorry, he says, but Miyazaki always makes great and compelling art to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. And around us out, David, David Bobkey, that's our Bobo, says, I watched it with friends on the now-departed Rab.it, or Rabbit, uh, uh, I guess, website. I seem to remember liking it, but I can't help but feel that there are some not-so-great things about this movie. Ah, well, Bobo gets us right into the things we didn't like about this film. Let's spin up our... Was three. Worst three things. And let's begin with uh, Ashley this time. What's something... So you, you're you like very gung-ho about getting this movie nominated and voted up. So I'm curious, what's something you didn't like about this film? It was actually something that was cited in one of the viewers' memories. Mm. I dis like that scene where Howell gets so depressed over his hair and he starts oozing. He's just so melodramatic, yeah. like a little teenager, mm -hmm. even though he's a grown man. But it makes sense, well, given that he doesn't have a heart. There and you go. I was going to say, That yes. probably gives him an excuse, but at the same time, it's just so <laughs> melodramatic. And the scene drags on, I feel, like significantly longer than it needs to. Yeah. Ugh, the, it's the, just I, so the ooze is just so creeptastic. The shading of it all oh, and how it glimmers great. on screen, it makes me feel slightly repulsed every time I see it. And I'm like, I just want this scene to be over, I, just because. Especially when he runs down the hair and he's like, he runs down the stairs and he's pulling his hair and he's like, see what you did. Yeah, and it's just like, that was okay, okay, guy. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be okay. Yeah, and then by the time he gets so depressed that it changes color to black, I'm like. It doesn't look bad. Exactly. Get over yourself. Right? <laughs> I did think I could see it being sped up, uh, that that whole scene taking a little less time. I did enjoy the the comedic element of when she realizes he's naked, like they, he lost his loincloth, and she sort of like looks yeah. up. I thought that was, that was cute. 
that oh. was good timing. And I feel like even though it's a little too melodramatic for my liking, I feel like in the English adaptation, Christian Bale just sells it. Oh, really? He's like so invested in this particular scene. Does he go even full though Batman it's just with completely it? ridiculous. No, what he, he does goes a good job of, of freaking out and then sulking. It, mm. it, it yeah. happens really quick, but he does an amazing transition. I was impressed. Nice. I, yeah. I that that kind of I don't you hit on two things and I don't know which <laughs> one to choose. Um I'll throw in a there for bonus. Still only counts um, as one. Right, but it still dislikes. Yes. I, I I found Christian Bale's acting a lot of it kind of muted under but that's just me. Especially at the no, beginning I agree with that. where mm-hmm. where he seemed kind of like a creeper and uh, like with the guards oh, okay. and those were ki- those guards were creeping on her walking down the alley. If you listen to the creepy. the Japanese um audio, it doesn't sound like they're creep they're they they don't come across as creepy. They're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, hey, this I can tell they are, but yeah, you're right. Down. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, but in the in the in the English, English version, way more it's a little bit creepy. Okay. So that's a bonus one. The and but <laughs> The other thing that I was gonna mention is is um, Ashley was talking about. I th- I th- this movie's two hours long and it felt a little bit long to me. Mm. And I don't know where you, you said this scene, which I actually didn't mind that much. But I don't know where I would speed it up or what to take out because there's so much story in there. I just I, somewhere there's it just needs to be shorter in my opinion. I yeah, I, I feel like you could have taken out some of the walking up the stairs. I feel like that took a long time. Yes, that which the whole it would, yeah. but you don't have to show every step. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked that scene. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did, too. But it's kind of like an, for an extended edition. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Let's go to uh, Bex next. What's something you didn't like about How's Moving Castle? Um, so I guess it kind of goes along with the length of the movie. Mm. Um, I felt like there was too many conflicts introduced like halfway through, like at the beginning we're like, oh, it's the witch of the waste. She's kind of the big bad. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, oh wait, no, there's a war going on. And then, oh wait, no wait, there's Suleiman who's trying to do something. I'm not sure what her intentions were. So I like uh, one of the um, one of the listeners said it felt a little muddled and mm-hmm. like there wasn't one big conflict. There was smaller conflicts. Yeah, um, it would be nice if they just so, sort of picked one. But that's that's coming from a Western minded uh, consumer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, gotcha. And we consume a lot of <laughs> Westerns. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Uh, well, speaking of sort of conflicts and this wasn't really a conflict that was introduced but it was resolved at the end but i didn't maybe i missed something uh because i maybe in the english version it's more it's clearer but in the japanese version um uh when sophie uh i think kisses uh turnip head uh because he turns up at the end um and he turns into his prince uh one of the princes of the lands and i think that's going to end the war and i didn't quite get that but i think that's what was going on someone said Oh, because your true love kissed you. Now you turn back. But I'm like, but he's not. Yeah. She's not his true love. So I'm. Was no, I think it meant out that. out of true love, like genuine love, like someone not because okay. she's in love oh. with him. Okay. But I feel for you. I genuinely mm. care, I care about, about you. you All as, right. Yeah. I, as I a, keep behind that. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's how right. I took it. 
but, but that that is just like because I was that was seemed uh, I just didn't understand. But thank you for clearing right. it up. Yeah, so. it wasn't like a peck from the the bread lady. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Or your yeah. Uh, that was another one of my dislikes. Ooh, um, was the prince like all of a sudden pops up and he's like, "Oh, I'm the prince of the such and such kingdom, and you've broken the curse, and now I shall go home and we'll solve this conflict of war." And it was just kind of like all poured out of his mouth all at once in oh. one big line and then <laughs> like mr exposition that was it yeah yeah, yeah yeah i was like wait a second <laughs> hold I thought, up I, slow I, things I, down <laughs> i thought for certain when you brought this up you, you're gonna someone was gonna mention oh he looks like all the other blondes in the castle what's up with all these people looking the same ghibli why do you do that so much <laughs> oh my gosh they have to they have so much detail paul they have to cut their budget somewhere or cut their time somewhere <laughs> Gosh. copy paste all the characters <laughs> you're not that important you look the same as this other guy um <laughs> wow uh so okay let's go back to ashley what's something else you didn't like was it the so many characters look the same or something else about their design or something completely different no it wasn't about the character design but it does go back to turn okay all right oh, and no. the way that he would just pop up and conveniently have whatever sophie needed in the moment and it was just a plot device to kind of move yeah. the story along sure. and it, i don't know what it was but the fact that he would just pop up and he would have a cane or he would have an umbrella or he'd be hopping into the scene and there's the castle mm -hmm. like he just knew exactly what she needed and gave it to her exactly when she needed it. And it was just too convenient. That's because and he's awesome. Yeah, I, I kind of like <laughs> that. I, I don't but... have a problem with him. It's just the fact that it just kept happening. I'm like, it was cute the first time, but you've done this time and time and time and time again. Ashley, yeah. it's magic. It makes me it's anime. It makes me almost... <laughs> <laughs> it makes me almost wash, wish that he didn't turn back to a real boy. Because he could I, just I like... I kind of liked him as, as Turnip. I just wanted as him to kind of be the same. Yeah. Hopping up and down. He was adorable. Yeah. As the little jumping on his pole. He was yeah. a cute little scarecrow. Exactly. But... I would like to, that he was just, I would like to, if he was a scarecrow that was enchanted, at, I guess similar to the Wizard of Oz scarecrow in, in a way, but that he did, wasn't like a human that turned into a scarecrow, that was turned into a scarecrow or cursed. Oh, you don't like the prince? He's, I mean, he's fine. He didn't bother me other than the copy and paste and. I just think uh, I've seen the, 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 you know, inanimate object turned to human-like too many times. So I thought this was a good yeah. variation on it. Okay. But I, yeah, I did too. Okay. But that's, that's fair, actually. That seemed, yeah, too much deus ex machina with turnipet. That's, that's fair. Mm. Uh, let's go to me next. And <clears throat> it wasn't. A character, I mean, I guess it was a type of character. So see this castle right here? Those of you watching the video of this, you can see the castle. How's moving Is castle? It video? It's a castle that moves. Wow, Paul. Um, so I don't know if anyone else picked up on this. It seems very plain as day to me. I didn't like that it looked so Terry Gilliam inspired. Well, I thought it was just more steampunk inspired, like the rest of. I the... mean, it is, but if you the way it moves, the way it's animated, yeah. the way it's colored, well, the way it's designed, yeah, it's, it's looks yeah, so I can see that. 
And it I'm reminds not... you of Monty Python? Is yeah. that the problem? Yeah. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> Let's get down brass tacks. Yes, it reminds me of the MS sequences of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and I cannot divide that. I cannot divide it. Uh-huh. You know what? Uh-huh. This is better animated than that. Well, yes. Oh, I Those agree. Are fighting words, Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a great concept, and just in practice, the way it's animated, something about it was too much similar to that and i didn't like i don't like that art style so you didn't like god poking out of the clouds no, saying hey do you down there i didn't howl's moving castle ah oh, <laughs> he wouldn't chisel og <laughs> <laughs> come on let's get him rolling let's get yeah, him. <laughs> Paul, let's let's get your last like before, dislike before we get to tragic makers they call me tim no anyway <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're not to tragic makers yet, but buckle up because this is a doozy for me. <laughs> oh, and you were giving me a hard time. All right, fine, fine. All right. Here I, we go. I, like I said, I, I like how Miyazaki establishes, grounds the the film in reality, and then goes into fantasy. But at two about two thirds of the way through the film, it, it just starts to go a little bonkers if you stop and think about it and maybe that's my problem i was thinking about it but my my dislike is why 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 do they adopt the the bad grandma the witch why do they keep her around why does sophie's age keep changing like up and down and back and forth and, and what is it based on why leave the castle with calcifer she takes him runs out of the castle and then oh you know what let's just go back in what what why does the ground open up from in the past all of a sudden they're going through doors and all of a sudden they're they're going through time now Paul, Paul. and why why doesn't the grandma who wants the heart when she has it to eat it, like she said, and she just doesn't. She just hold, why? Why? Paul, would you it's like anime. an ex, would you like an explanation for all those things? They set up a lot of things. Okay, go would ahead. Would you yeah. like an explanation for all those things? Because I don't it's know in that you script? have one, Francisco. No, I was gonna say Ashley, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I the the only thing that I could speak to. Well, I could speak to two of those things if you care to listen <laughs> too bad you you download this podcast you're listening <laughs> what, I was about to say, do don't we pause have a choice? don't pause you can always stop you it. know what to actually <laughs> listen right um wow we do have a choice oh uh, uh for the for the the ground opening up i feel like when they went through that door that was going into his memories and that's sort of like a very like mm-hmm. dream-esque sequence you're not really they're not really falling through a, a literal pit they're just Falling they back were going into the reality. Through a physical door. I understand that, and all of a sudden they're in his imagination. Yeah, they're going into his memories. Yeah, that's the door to his memories. I did memories. not get that. Okay. Okay, that's that's what I took away from it. I could be wrong. All right, but all of those sort of tallied together and made for a dislike for you because it sort of went off the rails, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I I I get that. Um, it didn't really affect me. I was able to track, but. Totally fine. You know, when you when you get old like you, Paul, it's it's hard to track those things. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, very much so. But let's get into the things that were very visibly trackable, our tragic makers, because these just like hit something really off for each one of us. Let's begin with Beck. Bex, what was the thing you hid most about How's Moving Castle? So it was very unclear to me 
why Howell was cursed, mm-hmm. who cursed him, mm-hmm. how was he cursed? Did he curse himself? Did I think Calcifer it's when he made him? the Did deal Solomon with the, the, the fireworks. Yeah, that's sort of what yeah, I got. Yeah, but that was but that was Calcifer. No, so, well, he. I think Calcifer said, "Hey, hey, you can have all this power if you just if I can have your heart." And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's a good deal." So he I, he bought into it. That's sort of what I got. Go ahead, Ashley. I actually have an explanation. So Calcifer originally originated as a falling star, mm-hmm. and he would have never survived Lucifer. had he not been imbibed by Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It was a way he in the book, he actually felt sorry for him because he knew his life was going to end as oh. soon as he touched base on the ground. Mm. So he gave him a chance at life mm. and inadvertently by giving Calcifer a chance of life, he ended up cursing them both. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. So yeah, he okay. was a, he was originally a falling star. So you know that scene where yep. you're seeing everything hit the ground yeah. and it's like sparking mm-hmm. and then the lights are gone. So yeah. he would have been extinguished as soon as he hit the ground, but okay. Hal was intrigued by him and he didn't want to let his light go out. So okay. Speaking of stars, the more you know. Uh, yeah, too bad that's in the book and not the movie. But I can, yeah. as you're explaining that's it, awesome, I can see how that, you can get that out yep. of the movie. Yeah, but, oh, totally. Uh, yeah, totally. All right, so does that help at all, Bex, or is that still your tragic maker? No tragic maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that helps. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shrug. <laughs> There's plenty of things that are unclear in this film, and that can definitely be a reason why it's someone's tragic maker well okay speaking of things that were unclear let me go with my tragic maker and i guess this 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 may fly in the face of your classic maker ashley i don't know but uh i and this this could be we've met several of us or at least a couple of us have spoken how we have sort of this western outlook so maybe things are are sort of uh, obscured or obfuscated for us since this was created (laughs) for Japanese audience. Yeah. And so maybe I just wasn't picking up on the cues or the cultural differences, but I, it wasn't clear to me how or why Sophie and Hal fell in love. I get that they were sort of, I get how they could become a fan. It's of, in the script. Okay. Other than that, other than that, there wasn't a lot of, I guess, I don't know. They, they cared for each other. I could get that. And he said that I found something to fight for, but to me that doesn't equate with romantic love. So right. that that I never was the got thing. The, that... I never got the the sense that he was in love with her, but I got the sense that she loved him. But mm-hmm. that's me. Well, I didn't even get that so much. I mean, so well only because she said it. Well, see, that's the thing. I, I... And she said it in both the Japanese and the English. It wasn't just something that was ad libbed in the English version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Like like we in the West like to do, yes. they yeah. might have more of a friendly type of love, and mm-hmm. then they just throw it in the English version to make it more romanticized. But yeah. she she said it in both. Sure, so. yeah. sure. I just it doesn't. Given her, look, at, oh, go ahead. Well, I look, wouldn't fall slept. in love with the guy either, so I don't understand her <laughs> reasoning. But it's in the script, so, so I go. With <laughs> the very first scene that they meet up, he sweeps her off her feet. Literally. I mean. Yeah. Any any girl would fall for a guy that, All right. that does that. So. Okay. Keep in mind, when asked about a superpower, say flight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay. That, you know what? That's a, actually a, a brilliant point, Bex. That the, just that whole introduction is the thing that does it for her. Is that like, wow, this this guy saved me. He stood up for me. He 
we flew together. It was a very magical experience. I could see how that would definitely, uh, uh, I don't know, just serve start, start the spark. Uh, start thing. the spark. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sparked the romantic feeling or the the love or romantic uh, love feelings. Wow, words, Francisco. <laughs> For Sophie, or of Sophie for Hal. I still don't quite see, I could see him wanting to protect her. It's almost seemed more like he is treating her like a sister almost, I suppose, than than a love interest. So that's where I saw. a family member. We're all in this together. Yeah. So I I don't know. Did, did, are there things I missed that you guys picked up on from Hal's perspective? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> he's very self-absorbed i mean he, he has his he war he has self-absorbed his, yeah yeah okay he but he has his things like he what he fights for and what he protects mm-hmm. yeah so i i just don't think he's he's a or at least not there yet like a gushy kind I, yeah, of yeah i guess romance. i just wanted to be more mutual or at least seem more mutual in a way but maybe i'm i'm wanting this, this wasn't this could be just his character and not everyone's the same as vocal about it I mean, yeah. they, they reserve the cookie cutters for all the other characters. So I get it. Okay. Um, but I mean, if you think about it, like the, it developed over time and you can right. you yeah, can have varying sure. levels of love for people. Yeah, and absolutely. I think I think the reason why you see his progression is because she actually challenges him. She puts him in his place where everybody else does not do that. That's true. Yeah. And I think that yeah. there he sees that spark in her yeah. when yeah. she lights up with emotion and she stands up to him and finds that confidence uh-huh. in herself to stand up to yeah. him. I think feel like the, the switch kind of flips on at that point mm-hmm. and he sees her in a different light and that's kind of where it starts yeah but as far as her loving him versus him loving her they they they're definitely on different levels yeah. she's further along in her <laughs> journey of loving him <laughs> yeah. than he is because he just got his heart back at the very end yes and oh, you, yeah, you have to think it. like and it's the heart oh, of, of course, a child yeah, as well. He, yeah. he didn't really have like those kind of feelings yeah. and he used to run away from, yeah. from women. Think okay. of his relationship with the Witch of the Waste. He would just run away when mm-hmm. things got challenging, but he stuck around. Okay. He I saw think that was because her. more immaturity. And we all know that all the emotions are kept in the heart. Or not, but you know, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> no, okay. Mm. So much like Bex's uh, Tragic Maker was sort of just like shut down i guess you shut down my i'm sorry bex i guess we're just we, we need to find more things to hear about this movie uh did i mention the castle <laughs> looked like my python and the holy grail um i guess that leaves i think if i'm not mistaken oh no that leaves too uh let's go with ashley what's the thing you disliked most about this film at the end, it gets even more convoluted. Ooh, so yeah. it has to deal with a time travel sequence. Yeah. I really want to know how in the world does a portal bring her to this time and place when every other door brought her to a different place, but it was in the same time that she was currently existing. Thank I you. don't know why they decided to incorporate time travel, and it wasn't clear why they decided to incorporate it in. The animation is beautiful, but it's yeah. very floaty. Yeah. and all it did was make me angry because it didn't feel like time travel was necessary yeah. in this story yeah. because I feel like they had already given you a general overview of what happened with Howl and the scenes with Solomon yeah. with the falling stars. Right. And it was nice to kind of see how it all happened and give her an understanding of how she can help him in the end. I see it as a plot contrivance, but the fact that she's like transported to this time and place 
And then it goes to what Paul was saying earlier about like the floor just opening up and and soaking her in. It's visually, it, it's visually tricky to look at because it just, it confuses me and it didn't really make much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I understand like plot contrivances and doing things out of convenience. So just doing things just as a shortcut, it just frustrates me. Yeah. I don't know. Something Maybe about... they were at an hour and a half and they said, you know what? Let's make this movie two hours instead. Let's go for two. Let's just do it. Gotta shorten it by having her fall through the floor. Here we go. We got some animation. I'm, I'm trying to well, think. I was saying just cut it all out. Make Could it shorter. It, um, At that point, is she going through the door? Is Calcifer with her? Is that who goes with her through the door? Or no, no, this is after the castle has completely fallen apart. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she's trying. The only person who's with her. This is after she's been separated Mm -hmm. from the rest of the group. Yeah. And she like falls into a chasm, and the only person, the only character with her is uh, Solomon's dog. Yeah. Okay. And she's just kind of wandering aimlessly, and she sees that there's still a light on that magical ring, Mm -hmm. and it's and it's it's not a straight light it's kind of sputtering mm-hmm. yeah. like it's losing its life so she realizes like i need to find these two and find a way because it she she was definitely like in a panic mode because she was sensing like there's not much time left i need to act on mm-hmm. it and i definitely understand like her desperation in her search but why it led her through time <laughs> well see i still don't think it was necessarily time travel is almost like she was watching a movie memory cuz the i don't think she interacted with anything in that in that sequence but how looks young how looks right at her it it felt like she well, was time i mean because he i mean if, right at whenever her. you hollow project your memories on the screen i mean people are gonna look See, in your direction it doesn't, it doesn't mean sense. they're looking at you <laughs> right that's the thing hey it, all you and listening to this in the future in like 2050 tell that's the thing right people are tell still listening wrong. to this <laughs> Cool. Low Hi, blow, people. Paul. Low blow. Why don't you give us your lowest blow, Paul? All right. Here's film. my tragic maker. All right. This is going back to good old Mr. Turniphead. Now, this <laughs> is I the only one who likes I, No, I like the character. Okay, all right. What He's I don't, adorable. Yes, I agree. I don't like the concept. Oh, and okay. this is... And it's not turnip head. What I don't like the concept of. It rips off my beloved Wizard of Oz. Here you have a world that's being um, blown up. Innocent people's lives and villages, entire towns are being yeah. destroyed. Mm. They're they're trying to annihilate each other's company, our our countries. Why I don't know because whoever wins the war is not going to have any resources to rebuild it because right. they destroyed it all. So then this lady, who's not even the king, but is only like like a, uh, uh, the sorceress uh, or the an advisor yeah. or some Something. some sort of role, mm-hmm. says, oh, I see that this person has been restored, the turnip head, and I'll, I'll make it so that the wars end, like on a whim. Like all mm-hmm. that death and destruction could have been yeah. saved on basic little whims and i know that's kind of true to life by the power players in life but to that degree it just maybe it just reminded me too much of life but i think it was even amplified by the all the the i just feel sorry for all the towns the innocent people and and all that and that 
all could have been avoided just because you had an idea like, oh, maybe people are good after all or something. It just infuriated me and it made yeah, me I could see that. just uh, dislike that whole thing. And I did not being I did not like being infuriated. So I just that was my biggest dislike. I wonder if there was a and if Bex or Ashley, you have an insight into this by all means, uh, let speak up. But I wonder if there was in the book, if there was some sort of subtext or commentary to the sort of uh, against war that that was pointless that was like honor wars or just wars for oh you you wronged me so i'm gonna i have to wrong you i have to maintain my honor or some other just really really like trivial thing that's i mean in our at least in my mind would be trivial for having just constant bloodshed i have no idea uh ashley or bex do you have any any insight into that okay so me and my husband, because we watched it together, we were talking about this and I was kind of complaining about, you know, there was too many different conflicts and we don't, you know, I, I didn't know if Solomon was evil and Calcifer right. was a fire demon and I don't know who's evil and who's good. Right. And my husband said, well, I think that Solomon orchestrated everything so that Howl would get his heart back. Huh. Oh, interesting. So you have to be theory. like a zillion steps ahead of the game. I'm, and knowing I mean, this movie, it, that might be true. Yeah. And that <laughs> and, and a lot of people died just yeah. so Howell could get his heart back. Right. That seems very awful <laughs> and cruel. I will. Uh, terrible way to teach a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and to I did. I, your end result. Yes, exactly. I did like the reveal of how Calcifier was Howell's heart. Mm -hmm. like yeah so, so totally. that that was cool but yeah, yeah. that th there were a lot of conflicts I, in this yeah i almost feel i if going along that sort of logic i almost feel like it wasn't so much solomon wanted uh how to get his heart back as 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 so much as she wanted to control him because he had this powerful castle and mm. if she could control him then he she would have this weapon against the the other opposing armies so i i almost felt like it was more that inclination mm -hmm. but i don't know i don't know either well regardless knowing or not knowing we have all entered our trajectories into the firing computer alice do you have a firing solution for us yes. firing solution complete rating salvo at the ready on your mark it's time for the moment of truth it's not time to 20xx yet oh sorry <laughs> I thought, you know, this anyway, this is what happens when you get old. I wouldn't know anything about that. Based on this viewing of Howl's Moving Castle, do we rate this film a classic? We'd recommend anyone go and see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, if you remember seeing it as a kid or young adult and you liked it, then yeah, it's worth watching again. It still holds up for someone who has nostalgic feelings for it. Or do we recommend it, or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time. If you've never seen it before, go watch another Studio Ghibli film. <clears throat> or uh, Batman Begins. I don't know. Or, and if you... Monty Python. If you... <laughs> do not. <laughs> never. Or if you uh, if you have seen it and have fond memories, don't sully those memories with a rewatch, because it will not hold up to what you remember. So uh, let's go around and let's start with Bex. What is your final rating for Howl's Moving Castle? And you you predicted classic, 
What did it end up being for you? Oh, I stuck with the classic, classic. for sure upon watching it a second time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, even though we kind of nitpicked at some of those things, um, just the imagery, the music, uh, the storytelling, it all just, you, it just exudes classic, in my opinion. Even with wow. all the little uh, downfalls of the conflict and everything, you still get so much enjoyment out of this film that it is definitely a classic. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh Though definitely still remains to be seen. Ashley, what is your, <laughs> what is your final rating for Howl's Moving Castle? It is a classic for me as well. Just like a prediction. What? And for many of those same reasons, the we animation... We just spent the last hour talking about how terrible this movie is. <laughs> there may be plot contrivances. There may be things done out of convenience. There may be ends that don't get resolved that lead people to being frustrated or confused. But at the end, I have to take it for the overall uh-huh. and just the music and the imagery and the character development. Mm-hmm. Everything, all the things that I like, they significantly outweigh the things that I dislike. Mm-hmm. And that alone can't sway me to even change it to nostalgic just because I feel like this film, even though it's it's just over 15 years old, it still holds up and... I find like a timeless element to it just because of the time period that it's sent in mm. and this fantastical Absolutely. world that's painted throughout this film. There's just so much enjoyment to be had. Awesome. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, Paul, you predicted tragic. You're sort Tragic of a, is the, what I predicted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you um, end up with though but my final rating um i'm gonna go with nostalgic okay i don't know if i'd recommend this movie to anybody but if you're a fan of anime or animation um or fantasy Mm -hmm. i would recommend this to go check it out but um i i don't know if i'll watch it again based on um other things besides that Mm -hmm. okay uh, do you recall, Paul, uh, if you... So the other Studio Ghibli movies we covered, uh, Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke, mm-hmm. do you recall... I think you probably said classic to those. I don't recall. That, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. So you so you enjoyed those more. It's not like you yeah. are like poo-poo on Studio Ghibli. It's just this one just wasn't... No. Didn't meet your what you were looking for. It's not my strong cup of tea. It did. It's not my go-to. Do it for you. Uh, right. Let's see. Then, okay, so two classics and nostalgic. So Tragic with the Monty Python. All right. Uh-oh, here we go. I mean, seriously, if something's going to bring down a movie. No, but in all seriousness, I, I predicted uh, nostalgic, and I'm I'm actually going to bump this up to a classic. I, cause what? I, I'm, Yay! I just, I was... We don't need a tiebreaker for once. <laughs> We didn't need a tiebreaker last episode. Um, <laughs> All too often we do, though. So, yeah. yay. Welcome to the dark side <laughs> where we celebrate. I, yay. I, yeah, I want to, I definitely want to watch this with my kids. My eyes, when I was picking art for the background for me, my kids were like, can you watch that? I'm like, yeah, I think, I think so. Uh, I didn't think there was anything. There's so, a little blob. You're okay but... with demons and magics and spells and <laughs> those creepy blob men. Oh, yeah, Ugh, they're so gross. So I, so I want to share that with them, whether it's uh, soon or in the future. 
Uh, I I enjoyed a lot of it. I, I'm very com- interested to hear like Billy Crystal in the English version, and um, and yeah, it's definitely worth rewatching again. I have plus I have the beautiful steel book of it, so I mean, oh, I have it raised. You're committed. <laughs> I'm biased. Yeah, that's why. Um, so yeah, classic for me. So according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Howl's Moving Castle a slightly disputed classic. It's disputed. Classic film. <laughs> Just not if, highly disputed. If you uh so if you've never seen it before, probably worth a watch. And if you have seen it before, definitely check it out again. And if you don't watch it, you know, yearly or anything. But now that we've done that, it's time to go back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX Comsats online. Receiving incoming transmission. Now we can stretch, Paul. Oh, now it feels good. good to be back. But we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 2004 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, The Feel and Film Podcast, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, Mrs. Lomax, James Kennison, Drew of the Cell Cash, Ashen Crowenbear. Oh, she's right here. Pastor Deucing, Kenneth and Redeemed Utaku. Oh, she's right here, too. Woo-hoo. Ryan Lingle, that's our Bobo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, and Lil Ronan, in addition to four other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to help us grow via Patreon, Subscribestar, or PayPal. This stream sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a big turnip head hug to our guests for supporting us with their thoughts on Howl's Moving Castle tonight. So, as always, like to, I like to go in alphabetical order. So, Ashley, where can people find you online? Is there anything cool going on that you'd like people to know about? Nothing really to promote, but you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at my... You can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at my tag, APK1186. I like to talk about all things faith and fandom. You can see pictures of my Eda bag collection and my enamel pins featuring my lovely little calcifer pin. Mm. <laughs> um, and I'm considering going back into the Star Wars universe Ooh. and watching my way through. I stopped last year, but maybe it's time to pick that back up. So here they have a bad batch in there now. Oh my gosh. So I have heard. Uh, So you said something I didn't quite understand. What's an Eatabag collection? So an Eatabag is actually something that comes from Japanese culture and it actually has a transparent window. It's it's for people to show off their collectibles. Oh, okay. It can be things like enamel pins, it can be ribbons, (laughs) it can be little plushies. But basically this little insert it goes into a bag with a clear window and it's on display. Find pictures of my eat a bag at my Instagram APK1186. There you go. <laughs> and see my collection from day one to where it is now. Nice. Awesome. Okay, Excellent. cool. All right. And Bex, where can people find you online? There's anything cool you got going on. Well, um, I'm uh what do I st- where do I start? Um, okay. So I'm the host of the Redeemed Otaku podcast. We've been on a slight hiatus uh due to stuff um but we are going to be relaunching very soon uh, the podcast and our youtube channel so you can check us out on facebook twitter and instagram on youtube 
And we're also on Apple Podcasts, um, but pretty much any pod chaser you have should be able to pick us up. Awesome. Um, so check us out. That's Redeemed Otaku. And I I think there are cons are starting to open up. And I know you both have been gone to cons. Are yeah. either of you planning on going to cons that people are like, oh, both? I'm going to be there have too. been conned? Yeah, they we got them here on the show. We conned them. Good job, yeah. Paul. <laughs> Go ahead, Ashley. Oh, I'm I actually have a convention planned. If all goes according to plan, I'll be going to uh, Matsuri Con in August of this year in Columbus, Ohio. Nice. It was my first convention and I'm hoping to make it again. Very cool. Nice. Excellent. How about you, Bex? Are you uh, gonna dress up? Sorry. No. All right. I'm not You're, yet at that point in make, my fandom. Make, make sure you wear I'm one of these shirts. About... No, don't wear <laughs> oh, one of I those shirts. One. I am all about like fan t-shirts, like my mm. lovely shirt from Howl's Moving Castle. Nice. I'm all about the t-shirts. Okay. Mm. Uh, Ashley, uh, we need to friend each other because uh, <laughs> you know, we kind of like like a lot of the same things. So, yeah. <laughs> Read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, there's a local con in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, so far, they're still on. Um, they'll be running it the third week in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully that's called... Uh, ramen con mm-hmm. hopefully uh they'll Sounds be going tasty. and you'll see me there awesome. and maybe i might dress up i might dress up oh, cool. i haven't got anything planned yet but i might awesome uh paul are you going to any cons no they shut california down we ain't never open enough <laughs> oh, sorry feel so bad um well awesome thank you again so much uh bex and ashley for coming on the show again it's always a treat for us to have yeah. you on Thank you so, so much. And a hearty thanks to those of you listening for the first time. And, of course, all of you who are part of the Rad Rewinder community. You all who watch us live every week, whether we're recording this podcast or playing retro games, you're an amazing group of people helping sustain the pod. But if you are looking for ways to get involved in growing this Retro Rewind uh, endeavor, reach out to us on social media where we are at Retro Rewind Pod, pretty much all all the socials. Uh, you could buy some of our merch, like Team Smote You. I guess you could buy the Team Aww. Womp shirt if you wanted. <laughs> but Team Smote You is way classier. Um, you could leave us a review on... Uh, that's an inside joke. If you don't watch the streams, that's probably like, what are you talking about right now? Moving on. Watch the stream. You could do that too. <laughs> uh, you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, become a monthly patron, or simply just share share your favorite episode of the podcast. Is it Housing the Castle? Is it... The Matrix. Is it Star Wars? Is it whatever is your favorite episode? Share Jurassic it with the, Park. Jurassic Park, where the the last half of it's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, whether it's uh, whatever your favorite episode is, share that with a friend so that more people can enjoy the content of the Retro Rewind Pod. Here's another curse. May all your bacon burn. You've been listening to the Retro Rewind Podcast. Um, you can find us at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 226. Our review of Howl's Moving Castle with me as your XO, PaulJPowers.com. You can find me online and all my socials at, guess where, guess where, guess where? PaulJPowers.com. Oh, I was going to say Google.com. Uh, search Yeah, Paul, go to Google and Google PaulJPowers.com. It'll get you there. <laughs> I hope. Thank you so much, Paul, for being an amazing friend and awesome fire demon. I mean... No, not that. Um, yes! For being on another fun voyage. Uh, I have been and continue to be captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter at FXRetro underscore. 
especially if you need pixel artwork commissioned. And we've been uh, commissioned. Why do you have that word in there? We Sorry, are. We text. are, in a sense, commissioned. Like, uh, because right. we are in the network, so we're sort of in a way commissioned because we have that sort of. Uh, I don't know. All right, Francisco really <laughs> wants me to say we've been commissioned. It's a to good announce. segue. All right, fine. Come up with something better, Paul. Why are we hashing this out on stream, pod, whatever, go? All right, fine. Here we go. We are honored to be part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Captain, we are on final approach to base, and let's use our salvo authority to get us there. Find us a way home. I will do that. Thank you so much, uh, XO. And thank you all for listening. We, we really do pray uh, that you're more joyful now than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, our next episode in anime for the Retro Rewind podcast. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Hey, I like turnips. Well, well, well. That's a deep subject. And the subject of our next adventures of the young Indiana Jones. Then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. Trust me. Are you making this up as you go along? Yeah. Welcome to another installment, the 15th installment of our wow. watch through of Young, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Uh, where we're watching an episode every month as we make our way through the movie trilogy, which will be ending this Christmas. Uh, Paul, why don't you give us a rundown for this chapter? All right. Uh, this is chapter 15 of the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, titled Daredevils of the Desert. Uh, this is a one... This, unlike previous ones, most previous ones, this isn't uh, two episodes combined. This was actually one of four episodes that were shot but never aired on TV. Oh, actually. really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. So um, we got to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> or did we? <laughs> I mean, I want to give us. That laugh. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Do you want to give us the uh, the plot? Can you consume, yeah, condense the plot I think into I can. one sentence? So okay. uh, apparently, Indy is all of a sudden a great spy. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but he is. That's two sentences so far. <laughs> Go come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. Chameleon. Hyphen dash. <laughs> well, I always thought that Bye. song said chameleon. Is it comedian or chameleon? It's chameleon. Chameleon. Chameleon? chameleon? Okay, yeah. okay. You come and go. Fine. I will yeah. start over. And I'm not, All right, I'm not go ahead. editing one that sentence. out. Go for yeah, it. You just get that. Here we go. go. Okay, Here one sentence. Go. One sentence. Indy has to go meet his friend Lawrence of Arabia, where he finds out he has to escort a belly dancer who's a double agent 
who he uh, gets betrayed by, to go and secure these wells in a city, Barsheba, because the British and Australian troops are going to come behind and take that city. All right. That's pretty good. Good job. Yeah. I understood that. I'll give that. it to you. And a Best two from the Russians. Yet. I get it. Yet? Yet? <laughs> I've had great summaries. Um, but thank you. I, actually, I retract that. I've thank you, that. Ashley. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, I've only been around. This is my fourth go around, and that was the best one yet. Thank you. I appreciate that, Ashley. Um, and let's find out what we all appreciate about this episode. What's one thing you liked about this uh, long episode of Young Ian Jones Chronicles? Let's start with Paul. He looks like he's he knows it. He's not deep in thought at all. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm 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 hesitant though. I do like the the. The double you mentioned the belly dancer was a double agent, but then they they twist on they play off of that and and you kind of know like oh they're playing off the double agent making it like yeah. a triple agent and then double like you you can see it play out but I just thought it was a fun twist. Okay, all right, fair. Uh, Bex, how about you? The, and also, Bex, was this your first exposure to Young and Ann Jones, or had you seen it before when it like aired on TV? So. I remember my parents watching it mm. uh, when it aired on TV. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why either we didn't watch it or we weren't very interested as kids mm -hmm. watching it. So this was kind of my first like whole episode, you know, watching it. You're like, this isn't River um, Phoenix out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was always aware of Young Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't ever like even when you guys started it, I knew that Young Indiana Jones was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um I just think this was the first episode that I'd fully watched. And Got what it. did you like about it? <laughs> I loved it. Um, oh, really? I, okay. I actually, yes. And it was, it had a very nostalgic feel for me. Mm -hmm. So the, the plate, just the way it was filmed, um, yeah. the music, of course, is reminiscent of, you know, the Indiana Jones theme. Yeah, I thought um, the music was better than some of the other episodes I've seen. Oh, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So, and just the, just the oh, whole overall feel of watching this show, this episode just had a very nostalgic feel. And I was just, I just loved it. I smiled the whole time, even oh, with good. the, the hokey, uh, special effects. I was yeah. just totally into it. Totally okay. into it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, were you totally into it? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as some of us okay. but there were some redeeming parts in this i really enjoyed uh indy's interaction with the australian core like i really yeah. liked how welcoming yeah, no, they were and yeah. they were just friendly and their exchanges were super nice um seeing Catherine zeta jones at the beginning of her acting career was a nice little surprise as yeah, well so that totally. was really nice to see her when i was when the credits were opening up i'm like Catherine zeta jones what mm -hmm. And thinking yeah. of the time, like, this would have been very, very early in her career. Yes. So that was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mm -hmm. guess, yeah, her first breakout was, uh, I think, Mask of Zorro. And that was 97, yeah. I want to say. So this would be a, a couple of years after before that. This yes, that would have been a couple of years this. before. Yes, we're on the Maybe same page. Maybe you need yes. to go through a door that time travels, Paul. I don't yeah. know. Okay. <laughs> Um, I thought it was imagination. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, for me, the thing I liked about it was that it 
there was a lot of adventure in this. I felt yeah. it was like, wow, this is actually like it's driving. Things are happening. There's there's a, mm -hmm. a clock that we're running against. It felt like there is there were stakes, which I I really enjoyed a lot of the the dramatic tension in this in this mm -hmm. one that mm -hmm. so many of Spying, them don't seem to have around like like indiana jones should be doing exactly <laughs> the, exactly the the choreo the choreographed fight in the end and the sound effect of the punch yes yeah punch. punches yes oh my yes. goodness i was i was just loving it and i'm oh yeah very reminiscent <laughs> of the movies yes, yes. exactly exactly yes. and great. also in the movies there was I yes, noticed that. Yes, yes, that was yes. one of my favorite parts <laughs> yes. when that happened so early. I'm like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. And I actually rewound and watched it, that scene again <laughs> because I love Wilhelm screens. And the fact that they used one with a guy falling into the... Oh, it was so good. Getting nice. blown yeah. out of the trench. That was delightful. Yes. Yes. And the, I thought the war the war conflict scenes were edited pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, agreed. Oh, and thank you, Geek Devotions Corrected. Massive Zero was 1998, so I was a year off. Go. Man, even so yeah, better. This would have been really early in her career. Yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, so that that yeah, that was just the thing. I I love that this was so driving as compared to other other episodes. Uh, anything before we get to the things we didn't like? Was there anything? Are there any other things people wanted to add on that they liked? Well, if I'm being a little facetious, I'll say I liked the fact that young Indy didn't show up for the first seven minutes. Of the wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So it was not like Sean Patrick or Flannery <laughs> or whatever. How was, the episode panned out, there were things that really made me dislike him. So oh. having less of him was kind of good. You, you know, what? like his fake accent and his. I was part of me was wondering if this was going to be like. <laughs> Ashley yeah, is client our face. Apparently really dislikes the accent. Um, but I was going to say, I actually thought this was like going to be one of those episodes that sometimes TV, you, you don't focus on the main character there. They become like a side character in the story. And this was going to focus mm -hmm. on like the Australian infantryman or something else because yeah, he wasn't in it for so long. But then when they yeah. started all the, oh, we're going to need a spy. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we call? Yeah, the guy Let's that's get the Belgian is... involved. <laughs> <laughs> what? And could we please stop calling him Lieutenant de France or whatever his name is? He is Indiana Flippin' Jones. Oh, that's what... <laughs> and he said all my friends call me Henry. I'm like, no, they don't. They call you Indy. <sighs> <laughs> he was always trying to get people to call him Indy, so that felt really out of character, yeah. right? I don't, I don't get it. Anyway, funny. let's talk about the things we didn't like about this episode. Oh, uh, that's a good transition. Yes. Uh, Paul, take it away. Um, I actually didn't like the fact that this was like that an it took hour seven minutes to get to Sean Patrick Flannery. <laughs> well, part it's of an it. an hour and 21 minutes. Is it an hour and 21 minutes? It felt yes. like at almost two hours. Anyway, oh. and that's because... I, I thought like okay getting there was just way too long you had the the seven minutes you could have done it in a montage and and easily too they they um, had to build the the tension though between, i understand yeah but yeah. all that character okay. development you could let's, have with indy there you don't need to set, set up, up a, these characters yeah okay fine so they go over this plot how we need to get to beersheba Okay, to get to Jerusalem, and it's gonna, and we need to get time is of the essence. We need to get there right away, and it's gonna wear out all the men and all the horses. 
So what do we do? We don't get there right away. We stay there. We run the horses in races to make sure that they don't have enough energy. Yeah, that was weird. And they spend all this time, like you said, you like them with the Australians. That's fine. You set up them with Australians before you know what's supposed to be going on because everything that they're trying to do... There's that whole chunk in between. I'm like, what are you doing? Why aren't you going if, <laughs> if it's so important? I think they had to time things. Oh, because they had to give Indy time to get go ahead, to go before them, to secure the No, this the was wells. before Indy left. He was hanging around the, the camp. Yeah. He like oh. was in the bar right before the bar fight, and then he oh, like stops oh, the bar fight. But, oh, yeah, and, but the command yeah. is talking in the opening setup. They're like, we have to go. Yeah, good point. I don't know. They had to. Yeah. I, they had to ball. kill time, and they killed my interest. Anyway, moving on. He had, he had to spend time with Sir Lawrence of Arabia. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I was glad to see Lawrence back. Good old Ned. You know what? This movie, I I've never seen Lawrence of Arabia, but experience. I from what I've heard about the film and just experiencing this character a little bit through Young and Jones, I do want to watch that. That is on my yeah. to see list of like old movies. Um, yeah. Any of you who have seen it recommend it? I haven't seen it since I was 10. It was yeah, epic, same. long, and boring. Yeah, but, I don't think yeah. it's at all a 10-year-old I, I, I've been waiting for a, a movie theater to around here because oh, I live in the LA area. Yeah, they, yeah. they show all these old movies sometimes. I've been waiting mm. for it to come out in theaters again because they recently restored it. So oh, nice. I've, I, And then they shut Everything all of them down. All down. Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah. So I'm still waiting for that, but I definitely want to see it again. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Um. Okay, well, let's go to Ashley next. What's something you didn't like about this episode? Uh oh. Okay. Uh, we'll try one, to... one thing, Ashley. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> one thing. You're limiting me so much. So I really disliked how he tried to impersonate a local merchant. The accent <laughs> that young Indiana Jones used. Oh, you're was, right. I am the worst. It was this is good. so this is good, terrible. <laughs> it it literally like I felt like my skin was crawling. Like I felt like something was washing over me because it was just so cringe inducing, and it was really hard. And the fact that it kept happening repeatedly, and I'm like, oh goodness, no, make it stop, make it stop. Because unfortunately, that has not aged very well in this current day and age, and it was really hard to watch. Well, culture being what it is aside, before we get to that point, I would like to say I was amazed how when they put the fake tooth and he did like the greasy hair and the, I guess they put like darkening, like, like yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah tanning so. on him. I, I was, I was like, he looks the same, but very different. How did they do that? <laughs> yeah. The costume itself wasn't bad. It was just when he was yeah. in that persona and, and giving yeah. that delivery, it was just really <laughs> hard to watch all right the only explanation i would have for that is i think they were trying to distinguish between him speaking arabic and him speaking to uh catherine zeta jones if he was speaking english or not because he sounded indian you know i know but i think that's the idea is instead of having them fake arabic yeah um and put subtitles on let's just put this goofy accent in and I can see them going that so, direction because of that. Yeah, yeah. See, it was no, no, no. a little too over the top for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand that too. Yeah, uh, unacceptable now that I think about it. Because Indy knows all these languages, so have him mm-hmm. speak Arabic. 
I don't, I don't He's care. He's not a Rosetta Stone. He doesn't know every <laughs> yeah, language. He, he knows all oh, of them. Come on. But that was why natural accent because they needed they needed somebody to speak Arabic and Turk Turkish. So yeah. that's why they chose. Oh, we got the perfect man. Exactly, uh -oh. this man we, of many languages. We found languages. A, a plot hole. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was just uh, that. Thank you for pointing that out because I didn't. It didn't dawn on me. See, this is why I need to watch things at 2x speed, because then things will like actually dawn on me. But no, I watched right. it 1x this time, and I was like, oh, it's just normal. Um, yeah, okay, that's that's an excellent point. The the accent didn't bother. It did sound more Indian than anything else. It didn't sound mm -hmm, Arabic, mm -hmm. but uh, but it didn't it didn't bother me. But I could I can appreciate that it bothering you, Ashley. Uh, Bex, I appreciate that it bothered you. <laughs> Let me, let me try this again. You're wrong, Ashley. It shouldn't bother you. Ah. Is, that, is that better, Paul? Is no, that what I should have done? something that's bothered me every single time. <laughs> uh, Bex, what's something that you didn't like about this episode? Well, let me push up my nerd glasses here. Um, they were using uh, Bactrian camels, which are native to East Asia. And the Jeez. dromedary, which is most commonly known as the one-humped camel or Arabic camel would have been more appropriate for their travel. So What's wrong with Boom. you saying? Yeah, right? Just you got, saying. You got no Arabic? Totally, totally took me out of the whole show. Jeez. Yeah. I could see that. Wow. Man. Golly That's six. impressive. <laughs> your, your, your nerd glasses are very, very powerful. <laughs> the shining. Shing. Well done. Well yeah. done. <laughs> for, for me, oh man, I had it. Oh, oh, this is what it was. I really disliked that, uh, and I, when is, this probably speaks just more to me in my current, in my time of life, but why does Indy seem to be, how do I put this? Spit it out. I'll spit when I'm good and ready. Uh, easily seduced, I'll say that. To like giving up information. Because he's a guy. Because <laughs> he's a young man. He's in yeah. the desert with a bunch of dudes. She's the first woman right. he's come across in who knows how long. And, and she did given, that belly dance. Yeah, and any I experience that I've had with young Andy coming across women, mm -hmm. he just falls for whoever's there. And this is the same guy who not who just a couple years ago left school to look for prostitutes. All right. Okay. Fine. Yes, I missed you that know what? episode. Yes, fine. I missed that too. Thank Here's you. the thing. Here's the thing. You want to set all, all of that up fine. Then why? I know we're going to have ourselves in Last Crusade. Does he fall for the blonde? And just like, oh, well, I'm sure she's fine. <laughs> why? Because she Tell me. seemed to have Tell me. him. I haven't, I haven't seen. We're not talking about Last Crusade right now. Well, no. If you want to have the pretext that set, uh, this, uh, unless. It just annoys me, okay? Is not, that that he I feel never like... got over his flaw? <laughs> he's, a he's a perpetual womanizer? I guess, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Like, why you make for a bad spy if you're just willing to give up your secrets easily. So I think that's that's what it is. But he didn't. I was impressed how long no, he I would have told the her end. way before while walking through the desert. Oh, we're going to Beersheba. Well, that's why you're not a spy. He, did. he didn't have it be announced to her like in just one moment it took some build up yeah. before no, he, he broke had, down 
he had to tell her that was his that was the whole double cross triple cross yeah, thing it was in is, the script yep exactly wait so oh that was intentional that he did yes yes why now why did they have to because she never would have he gone to them he, he told her while releasing the bird and and he was shocked i thought he was shocked that she shot the pigeon down i didn't think that was intentional yeah but he I, this is why Just i like think Solomon. he told her because he was supposed to meet his friend to go clip the the wires in the well and his and his friend got captured so he went to the next available source with her and so he's like okay we're recruiting you you got to help me that's how I took it. Maybe I'm not remembering. Why are we spending so much time on this? I don't know, but because <laughs> because it's my ship and I could choose to spend that time. Okay, good call. I pulled rank. Um, all right, all right. It just I guess you know it's just one of those things. Much like uh, all of us, we have our things that serve his in the wrong way. Like Ashley was the accent for me. It was his being a womanizer that can't keep his lips shut. So we'll go with yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I guess that's it. Um, Everyone, oh. no, all right. So next episode is called Tales of the Innocence. And this takes place a year later in June. So we never find out if they made it to Jerusalem by Christmas. Oh, interesting. Um, unless it's in the backstory. Ah, okay. But, um, well, so that's the next chapter. Tales awesome. of Innocence. So in Northern given, Italy. given that, uh, let's go around and we don't have like a final reign with these, but, uh, Bex, Given watching this one, uh, based on what you saw, would you be interested in continuing to watch Young Indiana Jones? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I actually yeah. was like looking it up like, oh, can I like buy these? Because I want to like totally rewatch re all of these because these are going to yeah, be great. I, I don't know. I say rewatch, but like I said, this was kind of the first watch actual episode that I think I've actually watched. I got them from Amazon. Mm -hmm. All right, mm -hmm. Paul. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, how about you? Only if it was required of me. <laughs> <laughs> Your services are called upon. You are needed once again. <laughs> Where's that from? Paul J. Powers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, how about you? Um, I would if there was nothing else going on. Bonus. I just like. Sorry, I forgot something else. I just like. Oh, you, you dislike that I would watch another one. Okay. <laughs> No, and mm -hmm. I'll open the floor to anyone else has a bonus. It's like, but this was the actual one that I couldn't remember. I think I sort of pulled a pulled a uh, audible. I as much as I love the dramatic tension in this one, and that part felt like Indiana Jones. I'm like, could we please have a mystical artifact you're looking for? Please, for the love, could we find is, some arc that's, or something that's, that is that's more reserved for Jones. the movies? I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I want it to be some artifact that you're looking for, how about, Andy. How about an alien um, skin? Francisco, the well of Abraham is not enough of a relic for you? Oh. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Mm -hmm. No, it's not magical. It just produces water out of the rocks and ground. There's nothing magical about that. It's science. It's, it's not exactly. Exactly, Paul. It's science. Okay, anyway... Any other, any other dislikes anyone How about to... the way that he is not a womanizer and he does, he is very good at keeping his mouth shut, but she uses her magic charm on him to loosen his lips. 
in more ways. So, Paul, would you watch this one uh, again? Yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> again, would you watch the next one? Yes. For me, yeah. I probably, I probably would. I think there's enough in this that it was would motivate me to watch another one. But given our track record, that it doesn't, it doesn't overcome the rest that we've seen. Right. So, all right, then or check. Join us next month for what was the name of it? Journeys in Italy with Daredevils. Tales of Innocence. <laughs> Yeah, uh huh. Takes place in northern Italy. Sure, it does. Something All tells right. me he won't be innocent. So we'll mm. catch you then next time. Until then, we bid you all a whoopah. <laughs> <laughs>